Baltimore, Maryland, this is The Stoop Sessions, a One Hope podcast. Join us for conversations about ministry on The Stoop. Learn more about our work at www.onehope.gives. Welcome back to The Stoop Sessions. Good morning. Oh, we can't say good morning. It might be morning when people are listening. That's this. true, but then it's like Most good afternoon. Most people probably listen in the morning. Good evening. Okay. But you give away our recording time. It's morning and... Um, for us right now. Yeah. It's we a quiet... It all- Okay. Really on the stoop, you need to be ready to record. No matter what time of day uh, you're listening to this, <laughs> it's good to have you. It is good to have you. It is. There should be a study done on like when people listen to podcasts. Mm. If I don't do it and in the morning, I'm not going to do it. Good evening, good afternoon. But, but. Top of the morning. Let's top of yeah. the morning to you. That's right. Well, just a simple hello suffice. That's so the, good. <laughs> so this two, <laughs> the Stoop Sessions is a uh, podcast that focuses on having conversations on the stoop about uh, regular ministry in the inner city. And I'm Joel Kurz. I'm Stephanie Greer. And I'm Eric Hill. And it's good to have you. Always. So uh, I've been reading this book by David Mathis called Humbled. It's a very short little book on humility. And uh, the first half of the book or so, he's talking about humility from a biblical perspective. And and I'm not going to say it's like regular, but you know, it's just like a lot of good stuff. Um, I'm just kind of plowing through it. But then he gets about halfway through after he's built this foundation for humility. And for about uh, uh, two pages, he tells me, Joel, you are not that special. And he goes on, Gasp. <laughs> he goes on with these different angles uh, mm. of, and, and, and horizons of mm. explaining to me just how not special I am. And I read that and I thought that is the most freeing yeah. idea. I am not that special. Were you hurt when you no, heard those No, I was words? freed. Yeah. It was wonderful. It was wonderful because I think we, uh, f- we feel like we've got some kind of special, um, th- you know, thing within us that has to be seen or heard or had in order for life to go on and to realize like, mm. you know, the garden church doesn't need me. Mm-hmm. The stoop sessions doesn't need me. Yeah. You know, even my family doesn't need me at the end of the day. I mean, of course they do in many yeah. practical ways, but if I die, I meaning like God's, God's still God. You yeah, know what I'm saying? All by right. himself, yeah. And, uh, and it, it was such a beautifully humbling thought to just meditate mm. on that, that, you know, of course I'm special. We're all special in that God has chosen us right. as his very own uh, precious family. But, uh, yeah. but, it, but as far as my particular gift set or whatever that might yeah. be. Um, I am not so special that I don't need the common means yeah. of grace. You know, mm-hmm. I don't need the church. I don't need yeah. the things that regular Christians need. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and my offering, what I give is regular and ordinary yeah. as part of the body of Christ. I can but see how that could be freeing. Yeah. No, even in, you said, um, like God, uh, choosing us, like even in that choosing, um, it's not like he chose us because like we were special, you know what I mean? Like he mm. didn't look and say like, well, Joe was just so wise mm. or, you know, he has a way with words. Um, he didn't, I want him that on wasn't my the team. Case. Yeah. It exactly. wasn't like how you, when y'all play softball, 
That's right. I'm gonna call it out. I've never been picked, by the way. But now I have Sevy, so it's like an excuse to act <laughs> like it. But I wasn't picked before Sevy, yeah. right? It's not like softball right. where you're like, I want that player. He's fast exactly. or she's fast. You're gonna pick the best, yeah. Right, but God literally chose yeah. who? Sinners. Sinners. Yeah. Everybody was on the same playing field. Yeah. So, I think. Uh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I think it'd be good to talk about humility for an yeah. episode. And at what, you know, how does that? How does humility? Uh, hit us as uh, people who are doing ministry, but then also, what are some of the challenges in regular day-to-day ministry, even with our people, as yeah. it relates to some of their own, the way that they think of their own gifts, yeah. the way that they think of themselves yeah. as being sort of like this special calling or something like yeah. that, that they've got to yeah. figure out and find? Yeah, I think it can be incredibly paralyzing in our context, and maybe in any, of course, in other contexts, but we're talking about inner city context. And the reason is you're either, you've been told that you're special, so you're the golden child, and so you think you have to carry that mantle on when you realize you're a sinner just like everyone else. Romans 3 levels us. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And so I think when we think that there's a particular calling, and I know that we have to really define the words. I I don't want to attack, you know, being made in God's image, the uniqueness of man, but... You know, I, I, I was listening to a, um, a speaker and she referenced how um, Enneagrams or personality tests, like we're so unoriginal. I think it was Anita Phillips. She said, we're so unoriginal that there would be 16 types of groups that most people fit in. If you think about that, mm, she must it be doesn't a feel, six. She yeah, must I, don't be a six. I don't know her Enneagram. Maybe a six with a wing nine. She might be a five. If a you're five really with a wing about. 13. Well, we'll have to add. There are no 13 links. But you get what I'm saying? Like, we want to feel so special. And so we'll read all of those personality um, descriptors. And then we're able to say, oh, that's not in my, that's not my calling. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that can be really paralyzing. It's kind of like the person that won't do the most humble task. Because, oh, I'm, I'm, that's beneath me. Um, I could see if I needed to do that back then. But right now, my calling is this. And so I won't work this job or I won't um, submit to this boss. I won't even um, be spoken to by this person. Yeah. Because they're beneath me and I've been told or I am searching for this special thing about me and I think that that's paralyzing. Mm. It, it paralyzes. So and how, we think it frees too. Yeah. So boasting would be like excessive pride and self-satisfaction in one's, you know, gifts, um, achievements, possessions, abilities, things like that. Yeah. I think of it as um, I'm watching a lot of football right now in support of my husband Ohio in this State. season. And, uh, you know, I'm always watching when the guys do a play and I'm like, oh, wow, they're really cocky about that. But then after it, another team intercepts. I'm like, oh, right. right? And that's a humbling moment. So I I asked him, I'm like, they're all like, they all know to do this at the end of each play. And he's like, yeah, it's kind of like they hype up the crowd and they like, they boast. They're prideful. But quickly, unless you're Brady at this point (laughs) in time, you're humble. Right. That's that's all I got for football stats on on the stoop. <laughs> yeah, and, and you said it's uh, bo- boasting is is how did you say it, Eric? Excessive pride. Excessive pride. Yeah. So it's not recognizing that you have uh, a gift set or talents or abilities, but it's ex- excessive pride mm-hmm. in those. Yeah, yeah. It's not even um, you know, some people can fall into false humility where they do have gifts and talents and able to serve the church and people around them, and they downplay that. And that's mm-hmm. that's that's a that's its, its problem in its own regard. But I think right now we're seeing this in the social media age of, of look at me, look at me, look at me, I'm going to post. We're yeah. seeing and um, it's almost like growing the appetite of I need to find out why I'm so special. I need yeah. to make sure I shine and I've got to keep that up. So I, th- I think one thing that we forget sometimes is the very foundation for humility, which is the gospel itself. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's 
if, if we're if we're prideful, isn't the problem as Christians uh, a gospel issue at the core? Yeah. Meaning we're forgetting something about who Jesus is and who yeah. we are. Yeah. No, that's true. And I think um, when we go back to the gospel, um, we're reminded of just how great God is. And in comparison to him, it's like we're, we're nowhere near mm. like who God is. Mm. Like yeah. we, we fail like in every aspect. Mm-hmm. So the gospel, that whole message really, it like it humbles people because mm-hmm. it strikes right at the core of, of pride. Yeah. And that's something that we all, that we all struggle with. What are some aspects um, of the gospel and the truth of, of Christ coming um, to save us? What are some aspects of that that you think humble us or level us? I think one, um, definitely because like this, like you said, the social media age that we live in, right? We always just boasting uh, just about different things, right? So I think um, one thing that sticks out is just like um, like wisdom, right? We people think we can make the mistake and think that, well, you know, because I'm so wise, because I have mm. a certain amount of degrees, I can like hold my own, mm. um, you know, in certain debates online, whatever. We think that, um, well, ultimately that was the reason that God chose to save, you know, somebody like me. Mm. And we think that our standing with God is based on the fact that, you know, I'm just so wise. Yeah. So we know? put a lot of the pressure and the weight on God saved me because I'm 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 wise and I'm adding to His kingdom exactly in that way instead of uh, so relying on human wisdom instead of recognizing God's yeah. wisdom right. yeah and saving us. I think of First Corinthians chapter one verses twenty six through thirty one, uh, where Paul says, "For for consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful." Not many were of noble birth, mm. but God chose what is foolish in yeah. the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God cho- chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, mm-hmm. so that no human being may boast in the presence of God. And because of him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us yeah. wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption. So that, it, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. Mm. So there right. is cause for boasting, but the boasting happens. We boast in the wrong things. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Why do we do that? Because we're sinners. That's right. I'm like, is this a catechism <laughs> question? <laughs> is that a catechism question? We renounce human wisdom, right? Or following humility that way. Um, I guess another way would be thinking about our own power and our own influence. Yeah. Like level of influence. Yeah, so God didn't save us because of because of who we know. That's right. Right? Yeah. I remember you preached a sermon one time and you said, you know, if you get before God and you drop my name, I've got nothing for you. Mm. <laughs> right? And then don't drop my name because it's not going you're, you're going to be left at you're going to be left, right? right? And so you talked about the fact that you're like my power has nothing can can do nothing to sustain myself. That's right. right? And so I think um as you're talking one of the things I think about is that God didn't save us cuz we were more powerful. Yeah. But you see how, so like the the world is this contrast with like how the world thinks about power and influence. So like those who have power and a certain level of influence, like they make the, you know, they're at the top of the food chain. Mm. So you think of like how the Forbes comes up with their list and stuff. Mm -hmm. What you mean? Their list and stuff. You never read like some of those Forbes 
Oh, okay. Yes, yeah, like the top most influential okay. people Joel, like in the world. No, 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 I, I know yeah. sure. So it's, it's, a, it's a certain criteria like that comes with that. So look, one is economic power. So okay. if you if you have like a certain net worth, right? You, if you're making a certain amount of money, right, you'll be on the top of that list. Another way is uh, command. So if you have a certain level of like influence, you'll be at the top of that list. Then newsworthiness, how often you make the news, all right? And then the last is impact, how important a person is, like, in their respective field. Mm. So that's the criteria. Mm. I think it's safe to say none of us will be on the Forbes list. No, I won't right? be. No. no. We don't have the net worth. Stephanie might be eventually, but... Oh, that's yeah. so kind. Yeah. And I would like to stay as humble. <laughs> I'm, trying to, I'm trying to stay Proverbs yeah. 30. Just give me what I need. Not too much, not too little, but... That's right. The the reality though is that we when we fight about calling and purpose is mm-hmm. we try to we want to be on the Forbes list. Right. We want to be at the yeah, in some context. Forbes. We want to be elite. Mm-hmm. I think so. I think we desire to say well, I. Yeah, and we want to be chosen for those reasons. Yeah. We, like we want God to choose us because yeah. we've got something special to yeah. offer. That's right. right. Like we want to be like on on one hand we want to be on the Forbes list, literally. But on the other hand, it's almost like we want to think of God as having a Forbes list. And, you know, God chose me because of my influence, because of how often I, uh, you know, can can impact others or whatever that might be. He chose us because we were so cute. So cute. So cuddly. Mm -hmm. But that's not why he chose us. He, He chose us. Uh, out of his own (laughs) grace and love and mercy for sinners. And what it testifies to the world. You know, he chose the weak to shame what would look perceivably strong. Mm. And so when we think about that, we're like, man, we're really sometimes in our search for purpose and calling working opposite. I mean, not that we are strong enough to ever work opposite of God's will and um, what he desires for us, but in our mentalities, we're pursuing... um, what looks worldly in a worldly way strong. Mm-hmm. And in some ways we're dimming God's um, ability. Uh, not that we could dim his ability, but we, we are like competing against rather yeah. his ability to say, no, look at what I've done in very weak believers. That's good. You know, stealing away from the uniqueness of God. Well, let me, let me apply this really quick to some pastoral situations. Um, one of the things that I've uh, come across in, in pastoring is that people believe that they have some kind of power, you know, some kind of gift set, some kind of talent or ability or even calling, as we talked about before, right? And that's all wrapped up in power, isn't it? I mean, meaning I have a certain kind of ability to, to perform X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Let's say you got a preacher with a beautiful voice. Mm-hmm. He can pull out a song in the middle of his sermon if he wants Eloquent, to. Eloquent, hoops in the middle. Can't do that. He's got this, 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 this easy to listen to voice, you know. Um, he might think of himself as having a, an incredible ability to speak and that, that his church needs his voice, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, that, and, and he might even have people tell him, like, if you don't preach, then you're not doing what God called you to do because you're mm-hmm. so good at so, it, right? Mm-hmm. And there may be some truth, uh, you know, who knows what God called him to. Here's my point. You could get some Kermity Frog kind of guy up in the pulpit <laughs> right. who squawks out the gospel message. Stutters even. And God could use that guy mm-hmm. in a 
far more powerful way yeah. than Mr. Voice over here. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. And I think that's the point. And, and we are so warped in our thinking, thinking yeah. that because I have these powers and abilities, mm -hmm. then I can do something for God that nobody else can do. That's right. And that's where we want to be like, you know, pull right. it back. Yeah. Right. You are just not that special. Yeah. Right. Right. And God can use Kermit the Frog. That's right. And so that should humble us and it also frees us. But I think it's good that we address that that's where our hearts are after sometimes. We want to be that special. And the ways that we actually are special um, are the same ways everyone else is special, being that God has saved us. Yeah. So then go do whatever you need to do within the means of glorifying him in that way. Yeah. Well, he also saved us because we're not great. Ouch. We're just not great. I was about to say, your name is great. <laughs> He's great. <laughs> he is. But we're not great. What do you mean? I'm a, I'm a good person. I feel like I hear that a lot. I, I do I do the best I can right would, now. Would you, you consider yourself great at like something? That... That's not been my MO. So you're I, a great writer. Oh, that's I really encouraging. You're, you're affirming that in me. I'll take huh. it. Um, no, personally for me, yeah. I think it's not my MO to say I'm great at things. It's just because I, I, I have perfectionist issues. No, I'm a big basketball guy. Mm -hmm. right? No. So I always wanted to make it to the NBA. I did. But, you know, I'm only five, six, so. Hey. That dream, yeah, that's, hey, that, that went on. It worked M for, did it. It, thank you. Man, that's, I, was uh, I, I, call, I got, I got to it before Stephanie did. I was about to str <laughs> yeah, we've struggle been having, even so. Oh you know, Muggsy's people have been emailing us. And, and they're just, just like definition so upset character. About the way, yeah. I'm so sorry. But Stephanie does have his name correct now, so that's cool. After Joel helped me, yes. But, but anyway, so. Love basketball. Basketball, right, NBA. The great players, after their careers are over, they make it to the Hall of Fame, mm -hmm. right? So only... The great make it in there. So you see people the likes of like Michael Jordan, Magic, mm. uh, LeBron will be there when he finishes playing. That's right. Kobe just got inducted. Mm. Um, but only like great players make it to the Hall of Fame. And there's, again, there's a certain criteria that you have to meet to actually make it. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to have the, the accomplishments, the, the championships, the, all the individual stats, stuff like that. Uh, uh, just an average player it's not going to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. It just it won't even be considered for it. And I think, um, you know, if we look at God's kingdom, let's say if we look at it like the Hall of Fame in a sense, mm -hmm. we can make the mistake of thinking that, okay, because this is how the world does things, mm -hmm. that I have to be great in order to make it into God's kingdom. If we come into it with that mindset, like that's mm. that's just it's so wrong. Like God didn't choose us because yeah. we were great. Yeah, you know, like God doesn't need. Let's just be honest; He doesn't need anybody. Yeah, He don't. Like He's great in and of Himself, and Him bringing Him saving somebody, it doesn't. Um, like He's not bringing them into their kingdom to to make His kingdom like that much more mm. great to he, stack His team. Yeah, yeah, He's already great. Right. Yeah. That's good. I, you know, we're in October. I'm thinking of uh, the Reformation, 504 years since mm -hmm. uh, Luther nailed the 95 Theses on the Wittenberg door. That's right. And, um, you know, prior to the Reformation, in, in that era of, of the Dark Ages, what we call the Dark Ages, uh, Christians had this heavy sense of like, like I've got to go through all of these rituals. I've, mm. got, to, I've got to be special. You know, mm. I've got to... Um, do the right thing. Um, I've got to to uh, touch the right relics and yeah. um, go perform all of these 
uh, sacramental yeah. deeds in order to get these injections of sanctification, mm-hmm. really so that I might be in that hall of fame, you yeah. know, so that I might make it. Yeah. And even when we think about our rich tradition as Protestant Christians, we're talking about uh, a tradition which is coming out of that saying, saying no, it's uh, coming out of that uh, preaching to weary, scared souls. Yeah. yeah. You know, like when I, a couple of years ago, I read Calvin's Institutes and I just realized how warm Calvin is in his mm-hmm. Institutes. And what he's doing in his ministry is preaching to people who are afraid they're not going to make the Hall of Fame. You know, they're, mm. they're just not that great. Yeah. Yeah. And they had no assurance yeah. uh, that they are saved, that God loves them at all. Yeah. And so Calvin's coming along saying, look, God chose you yeah. That's right. before the foundations of yeah. the world. Exactly. You know, he, he chose you unconditionally yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and brought you into his family. Yeah. And so even when we think about these, what we call the doctrines of grace or Calvinism, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Um, they get a bad rap today. Yeah. People are like, oh, I don't like that, or I don't even like to right. think about, you know, it sounds negative or whatever. Yeah. But for Calvin, and I think uh, for the Apostle Paul, and for all of us, it's like, no, it's assurance yeah. that even though you are not great, That's you right. are not powerful. Mm-hmm. And, and just think about um, just how encouraging that probably is to somebody, let's say, that's uh, making ends meet, working at McDonald's. Yeah. Um, don't really have a lot of money. Yeah. Maybe kind of living in, you know, like poverty and Right, sense. have come from, you know, I can't take pride necessarily in my family yeah, lineage. Exactly. Um, it's been destructive, you know, patterns. Yep. There's been addiction. There's been all these other things, and they, they carry out a great amount of shame. Yep. And they get to, because of Christ, boast in That's right. being God's child. That's right. The air, right? That's right. And so, if they're, they're you know, I, I guess I take it back that they, not that we shouldn't boast, but rather who we should boast in. Yeah. I think that's what we've been saying is that's where you have the freedom to to be special. That's right. That's there. If you try to start being special in any other means, you're going to get caught back up in that cycle of that's trying right. to compete um, and being something that you're not. Eric, do you remember when um, you? Uh, it's always Eric preaching. It's the thesis of this. When Eric preaches, Stephanie thinks this. Um, but, um, you, you know, you were talking about um, boasting in the Lord. And I, I thought, man, I feel like some of my colleagues and my peers get stuck in finding their purpose and calling. You know, there's buzzwords every now and then. Um, you know, ones that you want to avoid on Twitter because all your articles, are, you know, and right. probably I'll just go out on this soapbox and you can come for me if... Um, you can't believe the best, but purpose, calling, you know, breakthrough. I'm sure that there are really great connota- like great associations with these words, but I feel like in some ways they trap students and they trap um, younger individuals like myself um, because it says, what exactly are you doing today to add to God's kingdom? What are you going to mm-hmm. guarantee um, that he will be proud that he put you on his team? Or... Uh, for unbelievers that we're preaching to, that we're trying to evangelize, it is, um, I, I don't want to be associated with something as lowly as Christ. I need to do something more, Christ and blank. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's a trap both ways. And so I'm, I just would like to say, yeah, there are different desires and gifts and abilities that God gives. But at yep. the end of the day, asterisk, you're not that special. And that's freeing because it means you have freedom to fail in pursuing those that's things. Right. You have freedom to explore those things. And you don't have to feel trapped that this is exactly who your identity is because your identity is being bought by the blood of Christ and now, um, you know, 
connected to his church and that's who Christ is coming back for. So that was my long soapbox of audio text that I sent to Eric the other day because I thought, man, how do people stay trapped in this kind of mentality that I can't move unless I know my purpose and my calling and I'm not living a good life unless I'm in line with my purpose. So in our work, like give that some teeth. Like how does that, I mean, you don't need to use names, but just like how does that play out day to day with people that you're working with? I'd say things like um, if I'm not working a job where all of my gifts are used and I'm affirmed in every single way that I want to be affirmed, I shouldn't work anymore. Um, I should find a job that will do all those things. Mm -hmm. Or... um, like working for a paycheck in yeah. and of itself is yeah. a bad idea. It, yeah. And I think, right. you know, we, we read in New Testament, you know, live a quiet life, <laughs> you know, work. God does so many beautiful things through consistency. That's a gift. Yeah. We don't really, we, we, we don't always look at that as a gift. Um, other ways that there's teeth is um, depression from not finding your purpose and your calling mm-hmm. or being told you were really good at something and you no longer have that. Let's say yeah. um, someone was really great at what? Uh, I mean, what they did in a volunteer perspective, someone tells them they should move up in the company. They move up in the company and finds out, I'm not very good at this anymore. I hate it. They, they're completely depressed at this point mm-hmm. because their whole hope was like, no, I've always been a blank. I've always done this. And now, yeah. I, now I can't do this anymore. Your identity anymore. gets wrapped and up so, in what you think you can do. Yeah. So then you're like, hey, you know, you can pursue other things. And you're like, no, I have to, to kind of take a break from reality and try mm-hmm. to find my calling. Mm-hmm. And I think you'll always be looking for it in that case. You'll never really find The Bible your never calling. says find your calling. Yeah. Does it? Right. Remember, am I, am I wrong? I never. The Bible doesn't say find your purpose. And I think we find joy in our. In dealing with different circumstances when yeah. we practice contentment, not necessarily finding the special thing that, that makes me stand out here. So hear me saying, you know, I have a job that I love. Right. And in some ways I think I'm called to it and different things that have been affirmed, but my life is not, it's not yeah. conducive upon this job affirming those yeah. things. So I, I think if we go back to like our purpose, mm-hmm. which is really, which is really to, to glorify God, right? And to enjoy him forever. Like that's our purpose, and I think sometimes we mix, we get confused like purpose and calling. So, um, if I let's so I work a job, I'm a physical therapist, right? Physical therapist assistant. I don't feel like that's my my purpose. Like my purpose is to glorify God right. with this job that He's given me, like yeah. in this field. Like I'm gonna glorify Him every day as I seek to you know help my patients every day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I think we can't forget, like, the purpose. We all have the same purpose. Yeah, yeah. and we complicate but it. we got different gifts and talents exactly. that God gives us to use us to, you know, yeah. to fulfill and, that And purpose. the question people would ask today is, is, but does that fulfill you? Are you fulfilled in, in helping people? And you might say, how would you answer that? Are you fulfilled in helping people get their joints moving? Yeah, I, like, I love it. I've been doing it for 11 years. You enjoy years. it? Yeah. Does it complete you? If, you? if you could no longer do it, would, it, would you feel like you lost? No. Your life. I think you'd no. grieve a little, but I then mean, you would be like, ah. Sure, you enjoy doing... Yeah, I, I mean, I enjoy... So don't get me wrong. I enjoy doing it, but if for whatever reason I had to like do something else, then I have to do something else. Like, this is, this is me. I and your purpose, do- your identity, and your calling aren't lost because you changed your job. Exactly. Do you get what I'm saying? Because yeah. your hope isn't in yeah. what you do. That's the thing. I, I think when people pursue that, they recognize, uh, or they don't recognize that, that means it's, it can be gone. 
Right. And then what does that say about who you are? Yeah. Well, I think people have been taught today that you were born for a certain kind of right. job, you know, yeah. like, and however you're making your paycheck, however you're making your money, you are most being fulfilled in life mm -hmm. if you're doing what you were born to do. Does that make sense? Yeah. And maybe it's because I grew up with a, with a dad who's an appliance repairman and he, he worked, I mean, I, uh, he must enjoy fixing appliances. Yeah. He's done it for a, about, you know, 90 years now. He fixed he my dry. Not quite. He's not he even. Did a, fix he's your not, he just spoke and he just fixed it. He, he didn't spoke even and he like fixed touch. it. The Lord gave him that communicable attribute. <laughs> I ain't got that attribute. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but I don't think though, you know, my dad doesn't go to work uh, still today thinking like, oh, I've got to fulfill my calling and yeah. go fix this refrigerator. Do you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Yep. It's, it's a way that he can contribute to society. Sure. And probably even more so, it's a way that he's been able to provide for his family, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, uh, and it's, it's a good, it's a good, good gig. Um, but we've taken something like our job and yeah. we've placed it at the very, at the height of our identity yeah. mm -hmm. and finding sort of our fulfillment and who we are and what we're born to do. Yeah. And you know, we're just, one of the things I think we just try to pound on the stoop here is that we just got to be regular and ordinary and recognize that, and I don't, by that, I don't mean mediocre. And this right. is the problem yeah, is that's I get pushback from people who are, who are, who say like, well, shouldn't we pursue excellence in what we do? Yeah. You know, shouldn't, shouldn't we have ambition? I'm like, yeah. absolutely. When did yeah. I ever say we shouldn't have ambition? Right. right. But our, our, what am I trying to say here? Our fulfillment and actualizing who we are is not found in whatever we can achieve in this earth. And it earth. can't be, and it, it must be confronted or else you will put your hope in those yeah, things. Yeah. And so I was thinking about like Colossians 3.23 where it's like, work heartily as for God and not for men mm -hmm. in your purpose. Like it doesn't have an asterisk. It doesn't have like an addendum on there. Mm -hmm. Like if you're only doing what you feel like you should be doing mm -hmm. or else he would have put it in the word. Yeah, so I, I feel like the Bible calls us to ordinary everyday faithfulness, right? And then we see really beautiful things happen. Yeah. Extraordinary things happen through some really ordinary people. And part of that is channeling your ambitions uh, and accomplishing some ideas and dreams that you have. Uh, but your hope is not found in those things. Real quick on this, um, I was watching a, uh, came across some video of some church on, on social media. I think I was on Facebook. And this pastor was inviting people to his church. And he kind of went through the sinner's prayer on the video and, and invited people to pray the sinner's prayer with him. And then he basically said, if you've prayed that prayer, you're now a Christian. You, you are what we call a Christian. And then he said, now the secondly, he said, you have to find your purpose. And so that's when he invited them to come to our church and we can help you find your purpose. And I thought like that is really very much so legalism. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. it's adding to the gospel saying um, there are two things that you need to do in order to be right with God. Number one, accept Jesus as your savior. And number two, find out what your purpose is uh, for, for, for this world. And, and it, here, it does two things. First, it massages this muscle we call pride. That's yeah. right. Because I've got to find out how I'm special yeah. in a way that nobody else is, right? And no, no one else can understand or relate. And so, again, yeah. isolating. And so that pride muscle is growing. But secondly, it always leads to burnout. It leaves you miserable because uh, finding your purpose is a gospel that cannot save. It doesn't, it, there's, mm. there's no I'm sense sure. of completion there. There's yeah. no sense of, um, like you, you never arrive at finding your purpose. That's right. And, I, and, and here's our proof is in these kinds of churches, what do they preach every Sunday? 
Purpose and calling. Find right. your purpose. Mm-hmm. And well, wait a second. You preached that five years ago. <laughs> right. We still ain't found. We nothing. still haven't right. found it. And every right. Sunday, people walk out of church saying, "I, you know, I've, today I'm going to find my purpose. I'm going to find out what my calling is." Yeah. And it is sad. It is sad. I mean, I would say it's sad when it's in our context because it feels like robbery. It's all over our it's, context. It's so sad because you're like, well, no, your purpose is. Yeah. The Lord has saved you, and so now live for Him with right. what He will give you exactly. through the Holy Spirit. Um, and so I wonder what it would look like if we spent more time actually thinking about all the Holy Spirit does and less of all we need to mm. do in order to, to make that work happen. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we just want people to be freed. Sure. Another word that people use with purpose is destiny, right? Uh, don't you feel like those two words are interchangeable? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's your purpose? What's your destiny? Manifest it. Manifest your destiny. Manifest. What does that mean? To cultivate or create your destiny. Mm, bring it together. So when we think of predestined, what does that word really mean? It really means that God has predetermined our destiny. Mm. Sure. And Romans eight twenty nine tells us what our destiny is. Mm. He says, for those yeah. who he, he, he foreknew, which means the ones that he set his affections yeah. upon, the ones he loved by grace, let's go back to all of these gospel reasons for humility, not because we're powerful, not because we're great, but because he loved us. That's right. He also chose our destiny. He predestined us Mm -hmm. to be conformed to the image of his son. So our destiny is actually actually so much better than what you do yeah. in this world. That's right. It's so much better than what you can accomplish. It's better than what instrument you can play for the church. Man. It's better than right. all of that. It is to be like Jesus. That's good. Right. That's good. And so that's so we're all about our destiny. Yeah. It's just the the, the difference is, is we don't have to find it. It's already been chosen for us. That's good. And and so sanctification then is is to grow into our destiny. That's obedience mm-hmm. before God. It's it's stewardship of all of the things He's given us. It's loving Him and worshiping Him and becoming like Jesus. And then yeah. one day, our glorification which is part of that unbreakable chain right. of Romans 8, yeah. 29 uh, and 30. Our glorification is that we will achieve our destiny. Yeah, we look will like look Christ. like Jesus. That's something boasting. Yeah, yeah, that makes a man happy. Makes a man happy. Yeah, yeah that's, that's good. Man. So I will boast in... Uh, how does I that will go? not boast yeah. in anything. Yeah, no, no gifts, gifts, no, no power, power, no, no wisdom. wisdom. But I will boast in Jesus Christ, hey. his death and resurrection. Why should I gain we can't. from his reward? Mm. We ain't got I an answer. I cannot give an answer, but this I know with all my heart. Mm. His wounds have paid my ransom. Amen. If I could sing, I really would sing that. Bro, you sing on I Sundays, sing that by though. Myself, though. He does. He sings loud on Sundays. I'll be trying to just get close to the elder. <laughs> well, hopefully this is helpful. Yeah. Thanks for the conversation on humility, ladies and gentlemen. Lady and gentlemen, Thank gentlemen. You. It's good to be on the street. Until next time. Thanks for listening to the Stoop Sessions. Be sure to catch us next time. As One Hope exists to build healthy churches in the inner city, check us out and connect at www.onehope.gives. Missing